As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to to Adventures Adventures in Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Hey, everybody. We're we're back, Dave, and you know what? We're just gonna keep the the wrestling figure juices flowing with today's episode. Coming off of uh, our our last interview with with Mattel's Steve Ozer, so we have we have another guest today, Dave. Yes, we do. Um, and we we shouldn't bury the lead at all. I think I think we're beyond burying leads. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure you're right. Uh, today's guest has helped raise awareness of and has brought Japanese wrestling figures and other merch into the lives of many. He is currently working on bringing the Sofubi Pro Wrestling Series 2 line to life. Welcome to Adventures in Collecting, junk shop dog himself, Adam McFarlane. Adam, welcome to Adventures in Collecting. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me, fellas. Oh, it's uh, it's it's our pleasure. We're we're super excited to um to add another country and in fact continent to our uh, list of of places we've interviewed people from. So, so thank you for taking the time to uh, to join us today. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. You know, these these uh, time zones actually don't work too badly. I'm you know s- sitting here uh, mid morning and um, yeah, uh, very proud Australian here. Awesome. So before we, we jump into uh, the, the meat of the interview, we ask all of our guests uh, that, that come on the show, uh, what are you currently collecting? Well, I'm actually uh, pretty sitting here pretty pleased with myself uh, from a Japanese figure uh, perspective in that um, I've pretty much collected every Japanese figure uh, I badly want. Um, just finished uh, my 1960s Bullmark collection, uh, and I, I've got a full set of poppies, so I'm, I'm pretty content. However, uh, the uh, the hunt never ends, so I, I'm currently uh, chipping away at a uh, at a loose Hasbro collection of all things. Oh, nice! Very, very good. I mean, that's that's a, that's a, a rabbit hole. We, Dave, you have quite a few of those yourself. Yeah, mine are all my old ones, though. I wouldn't say they're they're certainly uh, collector grade, but um, I, I still have all my, or if not all of them, most of them, 
of my uh, childhood ones. But I always say, like, especially when I see um, your Instagram page, like, it's it's the the danger of jumping into the uh, the Chara Pro and Poppy Realm or Poppy Realm um, is just something that I see, and I'm like, oh, I I I always want to dive in, but I, I I'm just not quite sure where. Um, so you know, you are quite literally a world away from us here in New Jersey. Um, so. What's the collecting scene like there? It's uh, it's it is it is basically a world away. I think you'd say um, there's a really high thirst and demand for for current wrestling figures. Um, basically, the 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 rarer or the collector's edition and and, and most of the standard Mattel releases you know, do fly off the shelves from your big box stores. Um, I guess I guess we're not as fortunate in that we don't have as much of a history in wrestling figures. LJNs were massive. Hasbro's were big, but the releases were not, it was not a complete set uh, put out here in Australia. So there's fond memories without there being um, a lot to find in, in secondhand stores, flea markets, you know, uh, op shops. But um I think there's there's a small but um, small but tight uh, collecting community. It is mainly centered around the American lines, however. Yeah, I mean we we have uh, we we follow a couple of other um, toy bloggers on uh, you know, on Instagram, obviously, and um, there's uh, there's there's actually one that we were we're pretty familiar with out of Australia, Aussie Toy Recon. Mm-hmm. Um, and they always show these pictures. It's like, you know, we don't have Toys R Us and, and we don't have like toy stores anymore, really like big box toy stores. It's only toy sections in places like Target and Walmart. Mm. And every now and then they'll post a picture of like these amazing, just like aisles of toys at, you know, some, some big retailer. And I, I get misty eyed over it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bit, um, it's a bit of feast or famine, really. We do have some cool toy shops, but um, yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, we don't get the same uh, volume or amount of uh, wrestling releases that that uh, you guys do in the states. So uh, I know a lot of collectors down this way do tend to scrape and claw and do whatever they can to get, you know, particularly the legends or the retros or whatever they they. Um, yeah, they have to to go that extra mile to get them. So, so speaking of of collecting and and uh, you know collecting habits, what brought you into the world of figures like uh, the Chara Pros and 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 Popey figures? Well, I actually um, was at one point trying to collect um, Hasbro's Mint on Card, and was going through any means necessary to to acquire them, and happened upon. Um, some Japanese sellers um, that had some really dirt cheap carded Hasbro's, and and I think you know those those sellers started to to uh, uh, drift onto eBay, and and you know a lot of those Hasbro's ended up um, being sold through there. But um, prior to that, um, there was a lot that were able that were able to be found relatively cheaply. And from there, um, 
I did start to see these Japanese figures that I'd not seen before, and that that being the standard Kara Pro line. And, I mean, particularly for those of us that do love Japanese wrestling, uh, both modern and um, going back through the years, there were a lot of, you know, a lot of gaps filled in, in your collection. You know, an official Great Muda figure, you know, a bunch of Anoki figures, um, you know, Bruiser Brody, Abdullah the Butcher, um, there was a there was this line that covered so many different facets of of Japanese wrestling with a whole bunch of crossovers. So um, after you know, I, I grabbed a few of those for myself, and going through some Facebook groups and talking to other collectors, it seemed like there was somewhat of a thirst to have these figures in their collection. And at that point, a lot of people weren't uh, familiar with ways to get them outside of eBay, so. We were just trying to bridge that gap ourselves, um, you know, help our own collection and, and help out a few collectors as well. From there, and, and I think, you know, a lot of people were, I guess, somewhat aware of that Hulk Hogan poppy figure. Um, but, uh, you know, digging a little deeper and seeing this, you know, this soft vinyl poppy line, and I, I, w- I was just fascinated by the the 10 wrestlers that were in that line, the colours, the the card with the bright pink, um, I, just everything about it I, I found so fascinating and um, was lucky enough to, to finally get my hands on, on one of those figures and I was, you know, as much as you can be with a piece of plastic, I was, you know, just just spellbound. And um, so yeah, the the collection and fascination with with Poppy started there, and that was you know a couple of years before um, you know we started to to uh, release our own line. So um, you know you mentioned before like how you would be you guys were collecting and you'd be helping other collectors. Um, how do you come into the figures and collectibles that are part of the claim sales? Because I know that's the claim sale has become almost the biggest way that these get into everybody's hands. It's, it's just a matter of, um, that, well, I guess there's a couple of ways to go about it. Um, we, we were finding there were people and websites where they were, you know, getting rid of their collections or selling in bulk, which was not really a, sought after way in Japan as as you would know space is is you know at a premium in Japan and a lot of people weren't prepared to buy big lots of of figures because of the, because they wouldn't have the room to to display them all and as a result there were you know there were some absolute gems in those lots that we were prepared to you know buy those big lots you know and and piece them out and and that was something where we you know if if it was a big enough lot, we were even prepared to go on an auction site or whatever. Um, yeah, so I guess it was just you know finding, getting those contacts over there and and finding ways to you know uncover toys that have been sitting in in toy shops and and wrestling shops over there, and I guess you know making that connection between the the Japanese speaking um, sellers and the the English speaking buyers. 
Yeah, I mean, there is something absolutely captivating about those figures. Like, there, there is a certain charm to them, but I think part of it, too, is seeing them on card. Like, like especially when, you know, you were posting pictures of, like, really crisp, mint, you know... Uh, versions of those figures with like clear bubbles and like you could tell that they were very well cared for like you felt like you were like even you know on our end just kind of scrolling through our feed like your eye is immediately caught by one of those figures yeah and and it's funny because the the car pros in particular the bubbles and cars are really flimsy so as you say that you can tell that they've been very well looked after and and i mean some of those had never left the store. They, they were basically, you know, consignments from, you know, old wrestling stores where they never got rid of or, you know, they were bought by someone who, you know, left them in a box for a couple of years and, you know, subsequently we picked them up. So um, I guess it is a reflection of, of how careful and delicate Japanese people are with with their and other people's belongings as well. For sure, for sure. And And, I mean, you mentioned that this initial interest and you know bridging the gap for for collectors you know bridging that that kind of like language barrier and everything eventually led to the creation of um of the the Sofubi Pro Wrestling Series 2 how, how did you go from you know selling these these classic figures to you know a, a niche part of the community to making your own well it, i it had been in our heads for a little while, and and I say you know a couple of months, we we went to Japan and you know we saw these you know not not just wrestling as in poppy or medicom uh, soft vinyl, but just seeing all the different types of soft vinyl and you know just being fascinated with the decoration. Um, I, I always did feel without you know uh, making that link to to actually doing it ourselves that. It was a it was a real shame that the Poppy line did only uh, have one series, and I, I guess we were just trying to think of you know new ways to to go about our business. Uh, we were really fortunate in the sense that we already had a, a relationship with um, with Mrs. Uh, Barbara Goodish, uh, the widow of uh, Bruiser Brody. So when we did think, oh hey let's give this a go. Um, he was, he was the perfect topic in, in the sense that he fit in perfectly with the time frame. We knew that he would suit the aesthetic. Um, and after a, you know, a bit of back and forth with, with Mrs. Goodish, um, it, we did discover that, uh, you know, all of the other Japanese figures with him on, um, well, all, all of the, all of his Japanese figures to that date um, had had no royalties paid. So, um, in a way, we could we could right or wrong in that regard as well. Um, we didn't. I mean, you can always dream big, but we we were weren't sure that it was ever going to go past a first figure. So it, it kind of started there, and and it was it was only after we released that figure that we thought, well, you know. Let, let's let's aim for let's aim for five and or you know and now it's gotten to to a series of ten uh, with with just that one released figure. So you mentioned that you had a a, a relationship with uh, with 
uh, Bruiser Brody's widow, um, Mrs. Goodish. Um, how did that relationship, uh, how, how did you guys start that relationship? Well, it, it, it happened a couple of years prior. Um, I just heard her talking on a podcast. Um, I knew that she was, that we had some mutual friends both in America and in New Zealand, which is where she she's from Dunedin in New Zealand, um, as is my wife, uh, Portia, who's the other part of this uh, junk shop dog team, and we were living in New Zealand at the time. I just reached out to her just to, you know, just to say g'day and, and you know, talk. And we would talk from time to time, and, and that's, you know, at, around the time we, we decided to, you know, dive headfirst into this figure project, I just put it to her, you know, uh, do you know these figures exist? Uh, what can you tell us about them, being the, the car pros and the, the medicoms? And she said, oh, I've never actually seen them before. You know, I've not been paid for them. And that's when I put to her, well, how about a project where you do get paid? And uh, it went from there. So now one of the coolest parts of that, that this project thus far and that first Bruiser Brody figure was the silver variant. Um I got it. I got it. It's awesome. I, I love the the <laughs> representation of the chain in the figure. Um, will each release have that limited variant? Um, and then there was a, other merch that came with it, like pins and shirts, or that went along with it. Uh, no. So not not every figure will have a variant. Uh, I think with the uh, contract and royalty discussions um, with some of the Japanese uh, talent, as well as the fact that <clears throat> the variant wasn't taken up in Japan. I think there's not as big a thirst for the for the variant figures over there, particularly in the silver style. So there will be some. That's not to say that there won't be um, variants of the Japanese wrestlers. Uh, we do want to we do want to keep it somewhat special. Uh, we don't want to do one of every wrestler, but we can say that Dynamite Kid will have a variant. We can say Terry Funk will have a variant, and there will be one other wrestler in the line further down the the Series 2 track that will have variants, but they may be limited to Japan. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, the idea of get, getting into variants for these, uh, you know, for, for these uh, these legends, really. I mean, they've had so many different iterations of ring gear, and you know, especially if you're talking about somebody like Terry Funk, you know, and, and a history of the Char Pros doing like bloody versions. I mean, the the kind of you, you have a lot of options to play with for sure. Yeah, that that's right, and it, and it does give us the opportunity to. A give give um you know hardcore collectors something that they're gonna lap up and enjoy, <clears throat> but as well there's also that that aspect of offering ring gear that is obscure enough to to warrant a variant, but may not warrant a you know a full release. We now know that there are ten wrestlers coming. Um, what's the plan for releasing these? Are they going to be kind of individually uh, kind of staggered? Or are you going to release them as a, as a wave? What's, what's the plan? Well, obviously a lot of it's dependent on the, um, on the progress of the um, production. 
where the, these are, are plans not 100% set in stone, but at this point, um, our next wave, I, I mean, undoubtedly our next wave will be Dynamite Kid and uh, Bull Nakano. Um So they'll, they'll be sold together. Um, still, still not a firm release date, but we are hoping to, to have those in our hand in the next couple of months. Um, that'll be followed by a, a quite a, a bumper release of, of Terry Funk, uh, Road Warrior Animal, Road Warrior Hawk, and then the final release of the of the series will be um, Giant Barber, um, Tiger Mask, and Great Sasuke. Now, will uh, will Hawk and Animal be single cards, or will they be as a tag team? They will be single cards. Yeah, I, I mean, just hearing the the names of all of the the talent all at once, like it, it's it's just you have so many, like e- even even for somebody like me who, admittedly, like my knowledge of Japanese wrestling personally is it goes nowhere near as deep. I, I'm a I'm a novice, but like I even I I recall. You know, like like somebody like um, Bull Nagano, for 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 uh, example. Like I remember when she was wrestling in the, in the WWF. You know, in the the early early stages of like their women's division, and like you know with the the tall blue hair, and she was so intimidating. And like you look at her now, and she's like a, a semi professional professional golfer, and you know, like, it's just. She she's almost well not almost I mean she's she's unrecognizable compared to her in ring persona. What what was it like working with somebody like her to to create this uh, this figure? Oh well, an absolute honor, really. Um, and and that that you've kind of pinpointed how we want to go about making these figures. We we want we want it to be an accessible line for both. Um, Western and Japanese collectors. So we do understand there are going to be some figures that may not appeal as much to to Westerners as they do Japanese collectors, and there, there'll be some that don't appeal to Japanese collectors as much as Westerners. But we feel, at, at least in the first series, that there's a pretty pretty um, good balance in terms of crossover, in terms of name value, um, I mean, even even Tenru, Great Sasuke, you know, both wrestled in the WWF. Um, Giant Barber, you know, had his fair share of matches in the states. So we think it we think it's a good mix, and we are really thankful, you know, to our friends in Japan at Hao Ming. Uh, not only how did they stock the Bruiser Brody figure, and they'll be stocking. Um, uh, future releases, but they've also helped us, you know, be that go between, you know, both in terms of contact and in terms of the language barrier in dealing with those with those wrestlers. But but to a person, all all ten wrestlers, it is an absolute honour, and you know, it's it's quite mind blowing that that we are able to to release figures of these people. But but I guess you know, just going back to another one of your points there. Um, May, uh, making it accessible, hopefully for us, gives um, Westerners a chance to uh, see who these people are and that they may have heard of, but and maybe you know get on the YouTube and um, 
have a look at or get on New Japan World or, you know, see who these people are and, and see them for the great wrestlers that they are. And um, some of the matches, you know, particularly, you know, from the 80s and 90s are just phenomenal, featuring a lot of these wrestlers. So, you know, there's there's it's never too late to get into Japanese wrestling and we hope that in some small way, you know, we can, we can help people, uh, you know, um, take a look back at, at the history of Japanese wrestling and, and maybe make fans out of them. I, you know, I, and I think between this toy line and, you know, and honestly, like the, the timing couldn't have worked out better for you because you had the, the, this latest season of, of um, Dark Side of the Ring as well, um, especially with the, the Bruiser Brody episode, introducing people to kind of a part of wrestling that I, I think... I don't want to say you know forgotten, but a part that is not as well known as as some of the other mainstream stuff. So I, I it's uh, it really is incredible what you're doing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and for me, like I'm thinking automatically, like okay, the posability of Dynamite and Tiger Mask, like that was like huge. And I think they wrestled here, like by us at at the Garden back when I was mm. very young. So, um, you know, just thinking of stuff like that. Um, I think Sasuke did the initial uh, light heavyweight tournament. He did, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, um, and then uh, Bull Nakano was wrestling a Lunter Blaze. So, I mean, like, everybody's been here. Um, mm. So, yeah, definitely that that bridge between, you know, for, for everybody um, in the West, everybody out here in the U.S. is is totally there. And it's definitely accessible. Yeah, and, that, and that's the aim. And, and look, we, we get that, you know, there are going to be some more obscure releases and, and um, hopefully by then at least there's the, the investment um, emotionally in the line that, that people are prepared to give uh, some of the, you know, more obscure wrestlers a chance. Um, the figure... The figure announcement process has been a lot of fun to watch. Um, and you said you've uh, how you worked a little bit with um, Barbara Goodish. Um, but what's it been like working with the talent or their families as far as everybody else goes? It's been fantastic, actually. It's um, in the sense that the people that we've been working with have become friends of us in the process. Um, I honestly don't feel like it's these tense business style negotiations. It's it's a it, it's predominantly been people that want to prolong the legacy of that wrestler in question, particularly when when those wrestlers have passed away. Um, I mean, obviously we have we have Dynamite Kid. Um, coming out in our next release and, and to deal with, with Bronwyn Billington, who people have, have gotten to know through Dark Side of the Ring subsequently. Um, we've become really good friends as a result. And that that's, you know, obviously you, you want to do well and be successful, but, I mean, the, the, the most, you know, heartwarming part of this is, is the fact that we have been able to make so many friends as a result, both um, you know, both in in um, the states and Canada, and and in um, 
in Japan as well, and that, and that goes for the collectors as well, people that drop us a line we've gotten to know, um, you know, wrestlers, collectors. It, it's It's been pretty amazing the amount of friends that we've made, um, you know, going through this process. You know, for, from our perspective as, you know, two toy bloggers, it's been a whole lot of fun watching you go from, you know, having these these regular claim sales and like, you know, texting each other back and like sending stuff to our friends. We're like, look at this figure, like, oh my God, a Bob Sapp figure. You know, like looking at <laughs> these things that we haven't seen in, in a very long time. Um or or in some cases ever. Uh, I mean every time that that Zandig figure comes up, I'm always like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know, seeing it go from that to you creating this these figures and you know and having these announcements from you know from the talent it's it it actually is like it 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 brings joy to us too because you know it's kind of like watching one of us level up right and and you know it's it's been it's been great watching it like your your joy definitely comes through um you know what you're posting on instagram and stuff so it's all of that's very very obvious oh absolutely and and we want to make well, that that's that's very much one of our aims is to make people feel like they're <clears throat> they're along for this journey with us. Obviously, with some of those names, with <laughs> you know, to you have to pinch yourself, um, you know, that you're working with them, and you know, hopefully, I'm not giving too much away. But when um, when in our inbox arrived a you know a video from Terry Funk, for for someone like me that's you know that was that had me in tears you know just just the the joy and excitement of of and he was very funny but um <laughs> that that you know it's as someone who i i hope I'm someone that respects the the values and the history of wrestling to to have Terry Funk saying your company's name and working with you it's 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 surreal it's crazy um so and and hopefully, um, as you said, you know the 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 people that follow us and have followed us for a long time, the people that we talk via, you know, via instant message on on Instagram and and Twitter and everything. Hopefully, they do feel that, and we want people to be excited for us because you know we're just as excited, you know, as that Terry Funk moment when people start to get the figures. Well, that that you know makes us you know, just as happy because people are enjoying them and it's something new and different. And, um, you, yeah, I could go on forever about, you know, how cool this is because, um, yeah, we, yeah, there's just so many facets to the joy that we're getting out of this, I guess, I guess you would say to sum up. Yeah. And especially somebody like Terry Funk, who's just, you know, the original person who's reinvented himself so many times over his career. Um, you know, whether it's from the, the like retirement match with, with the forever speech or, you know, even, you know, the death match stuff in Japan, like coming back as chainsaw Charlie. It's just like, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's so much, so much stuff to, to kind of call from that. It's, you know, the possibilities are endless. Let's just say that you've mentioned Dark Side of the Ring and you've mentioned Terry and let, let's just say we're not done with Terry yet. All right. All right. Oh, that's good. That's a good that's a so so speaking of excitement and things to come, 
Um, have you kicked around ideas for a Series 3 yet, or will the next run of figures be based on another line, another form factor? No, we... we I mean, the, the poppies themselves are far and away my favourite figure line. Um, so we... This this is our you know this is definitely our love in terms of figures. I I won't. I, I don't think we'll be we'll be moving away at least initially. Yes, we are planning the series three. Yes, we have got some names on paper. Yes, we're very excited about some of those names. Um, <laughs> so we want to keep doing this for as long as people are interested in the figures. Obviously, we don't. Uh, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves in terms of, um, you know, putting them, putting them out, and and yeah, we we do want to put our money where our mouth is, and you know, we do want to show people that these, you know, these figures are fair income. But just to to give you a little bit of insight into the process, it does it can take you know six months to a year to fine tune a figure down to getting it in our hands. So that that hopefully explains why there's been such a long time between the Brody release and Dynamite Kid and Ball coming out is simply because we weren't that sure that Brody was going to do well enough for us to justify continuing. Now it absolutely has the the downside of our I guess um, caution is that there's so much of a gap between the next couple of figures. Now, hopefully we'll never have to do that again in terms of wait that long. So the aim is to have, you know, staggered figure releases every, you know, three to four months. And ideally that will continue into, you know, you won't have to be waiting a year for a Series 3 or anything. So basically once we've got the... uh, the 10 figures in, into production for Series 2, we want to start uh, working on production for Series 3. Um, and hopefully in the not-too-distant future we'll start naming those uh, those uh, wrestlers. And we, we haven't got a full set of 10 yet, but we're, we're, we're actually pretty close in terms of the planning. And wow. Yeah, and we do, we do believe that some of those names are uh, as big if not bigger than um, than than what we've already got. Now, I don't want to I don't want to pressure you to to spoil anything, but continuing with the the kind of um, trend with the 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 ten that um, you know are in series two, uh, are these going to be uh, wrestlers that have never been featured in in this style of figure before? Yes. Um... The predominantly most of these guys will not have had a poppy figure. Obviously, Terry's been the exception thus far, and yeah. there, there will be guys that will appear um, at a later date that that may have been featured before. Um, obviously, there's no pen to paper there, so you know don't don't take that as um, as a given. But we do see there being some of the original poppy figure wrestlers be it in a similar style or maybe some other some other uh wrestling uh attire uh we do see them popping up at some point if we can make this series 
as, as successful as we hope. Awesome. Um, so actually, before we we hit you with our last question and wrap up this interview, um, we posted a, a story and, and sent out a tweet uh, collecting, asking if our, our followers, our collective followers, um, had any questions for you. And we do have, uh, we have three for you. Um, so one question is directly from a specific person. Um, and then the other two, uh, we got a few questions that were very similarly worded. So we just kind of smushed them together mm-hmm. to make two, uh, questions out of it. Um, Dave, do you want to hit, uh, hit us with the first one here? I do. Um, at the Berg 511, um, asks, are there any figures that didn't exist when you were a kid that you are determined to make as an adult? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I guess it, it's a bit tricky in the sense that we, we found this love of, of Japanese figures at a later date and, because it's kind of our niche, it's our pigeonhole. Um, we're more trying to cover that. So, and I, I don't know, I've, I've mentioned various aims that we have through this series, but another one is <clears throat> um, making sure that there are, you know, there are wrestlers that didn't get a figure for whatever reason and they are covered off. And I think you'll see that a little bit um in series three, there's a, there's a couple of names that are almost over the line that absolutely it's a crying shame that they didn't get a figure, um, and you'll you'll see them in figure form in in series three. Um, in terms of uh, stuff from our childhood, um, I guess it would it would have to be some sort of side project because um, we weren't massive wrestling figure collectors as as kids. So it might be there might be some gaps in the market later on, but they wouldn't be wrestling related. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean we're we're, we're not all uh, it, it's not all wrestling figures all the time here with mm. us either. So you know it's we're we're a little bit of Star Wars, a little bit of uh, Marvel Legends. We do the NECA stuff. We do some of the Batman stuff, GI Joes. So. You know, it's uh, we're we're a little bit all over the place too. Yeah, Funko, yeah, no, which is like everything. So, <laughs> yeah, well, and that's it. I mean, you know, if we were to branch off, and and this is this is just you know, spitballing and pipe dreaming. It might might be something, um, you know, uh, probably probably outside of wrestling, and and something maybe a bit bit more related to to our location being Australia. Interesting. All right. Okay. Um. Our next question uh, is a com- is a is a combo question. So we got a, a bunch of questions about this. Um, are there any shipping challenges you face coming out of Australia? Absolutely, um, <laughs> and and I think look, I I, I really appreciate well, we we Portia and I really appreciate um, that people have invested in this line because we do understand that you know people are paying that additional cost of, of postage. I mean, <clears throat> for, for a, a Brody, it's, you know, it's twenty nine ninety nine for the figure and $16 for postage. So you're paying, you know, an extra 50% worth of postage. And we, look, we get that there's no getting around it, but we also appreciate that people are prepared to go that extra mile to, to do that. Um, 
but yeah, there's there's obviously um, there's that side of things, and and look, we're exploring as many ways as possible to bring it down as far as possible. Um, the good news is going into the bull and dynamite releases. I'm not sure we can bring the cost of one figure postage down at all, but what we can do is bring the postage of two plus figures down. So if you get ball and dynamite, um, we think that that it might be around the same cost as getting one figure uh, sent. So hopefully that'll that'll um, be you know, music to the ears of, of international collectors. Um, I mean, the States is a challenge. Um, the UK is even more expensive. Um, and some of the other areas around the world, these guys pay a lot of money to get these things sent to them. So we really do appreciate that. And I guess the other thing is um, um, we, we have got a, uh, you know, on the, on the broader side of things, we've got a real appreciation for, for what figure stockists do in terms of getting these these figures uh, to us to start off with. So basically, um, to give you some insight, um, uh, the figures, once they're ready and packaged and boxed, do take another six to eight weeks to get to us from China. And that that six to eight weeks is absolutely excruciating, to be honest. <laughs> and we look, we totally get why... Um, you know, uh, retailers like Ringside Collectibles do what they do, and why they charge that extra money. It, it's it, it's completely justified because, yeah, it, it's so much difference. Um, you know, something taking a week as opposed to taking six to eight. But obviously, with the volume that we get of these figures, it, it's it's no um, it's it's not justifiable to charge people. <clears throat> that extra money, and, and I guess we just have to be patient, but hopefully that gives you a bit of an insight into how nuts it drives us when, you know, knowing that that the figure's ready to go, but we've still got to not wait another two months to put it out. And that and that's part of why we're, you know, uh, not we're a little bit reluctant to put that release date out for Bull and Dynamite simply because, you know, we want to make sure it's on the boat before we say anything. And, you know, too, I think that's where having a little bit of a gap in between the releases, I think that that might actually help, you know, because it is to your point, you know, you're, you're, you're spending almost half the cost of the figure itself to, to ship it out, um, you know, to somewhere like the United States. And when you have, first of all, a product that delivers on the promise that it, it makes, which is, you know, what you totally did with the, the Bruiser Brody figure. And, you know, I, I'm sure that we're both sure that that trend is going to continue. But, you know, when you have the gap in between the releases, it, it kind of gives collectors time to, like, you know, re- it gives their wallets a chance to refill, if, if, if that makes sense, right? You know, having, having the releases a little bit more staggered than something like, you know, like WWE elites that are like every month <laughs> or, uh, or, you know, even, even what Jazzwares is doing, like, you know, it's, it's relentless. There is, there's a, it's nonstop and it's kind of always happening. Um, you know, this is a, a clearly a more, you know, kind of specialty product anyway. So I, I think having that gap m- might help with that shipping quandary. And, and I'll say this too, we're, we're in a new golden age as far as wrestling figure collecting goes. Um, you know, something like this, like supporting 
this line for me was a no brainer just because it's kind of one of those where else are you going to get this? Like this fills in a gap. Um, and it's a gap we're not getting in any other form or fashion. So um, being able to support like the, something like this, no matter what the shipping cost was, for me was just like, yep, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's, that. like, don't get me wrong, um, hopefully we the product <clears throat> does make it a no-brainer for people, but we do appreciate uh, the lengths that people go to. And we understand that not everyone has a whole bunch of money to spend on on wrestling figures, you know, every month. So uh, it's good to know that, um, you know, the, the gap between releases does give people a little bit of time to, to recoup, but um, hopefully we can keep those gaps a little shorter just so people don't forget about us. All right. And Dave, do you want to uh, hit us with the last question for the, the Q and a here? Sure. Um, do you have any plans to make a wave of more modern talent um, in the classic form? And, you know, I know you were hinting at stuff for Wave 3, um, and it definitely got the wheels spinning over here for sure. Oh, I, th- I think there, I wouldn't say there's plans. Uh, there's definitely been discussions, and even to the point where there were some modern talent that we had spoken to, um, I think it's something that we will see at some point. Um you know, uh, not that we're necessarily the same kind of figure, but uh, uh, we're we're very much a niche product like a Medicom, and they they've released um, wrestlers from all sorts of eras, and and we're thinking there's we we don't want to limit ourselves. I I guess I'm, is what I'm trying to say. Um, I think I've said in the past um, that there's there's no there's no real restriction in terms of who we do. We'd just like to have them look like they did when they wrestled in Japan. So the only thing is, if they've wrestled a match in Japan, well, that's good enough for us. Um, and we'd like to have them look the way that they did when they when they wrestled matches in Japan. The more uh, obviously uh, we 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 have. In mind, some some modern names that would that would suit that 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 were big names in Japan or even are at the moment. Um, so yeah, I, I I think it's a it's a never say never, and and I think it would be part of the uh, evolution of the line to to start to incorporate some more modern names as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Because just thinking of the idea, like like you know. Um... We, we, this has come up a couple of times on the podcast, but uh, in the past, where it's kind of like what's old is new again. Mm. But seeing like some of some of these other product lines, whether it's uh, you know whether it's it's Mego bringing back their their clothed eight inch you know action figures from you know the sixties and seventies, but making modern characters like from modern horror movies like Hannibal Lecter and you know, mm. uh, Leatherface in that style and seeing like a modern character in that style is, is really neat. Or even, you know, back when the, the retro, the, the, uh, Mattel retros were initially out and, you know, seeing somebody like, you know, a, you know, a Roman Reigns or a Bray Wyatt in the style of those, those nineties and or eighties and nineties, uh, Hasbro WWF figures was really neat. So, like, just thinking of the idea of of seeing some modern talent in in this style could be a fun experiment. 
Absolutely, and and hopefully, you know, much like the way that we're trying to with with people like, <clears throat> pardon me, with Ball, you know, trying to give her a figure when she absolutely deserved one, you know, back in the day. Uh, maybe there are some some wrestlers that you know may not be plentiful in terms of um, their figure releases, or at least you know putting them in a, a an attire or a look that um, that people have never had access to. Now, I actually have another question before we go to the last question. Um, the carding was iconic on the originals. Um, it's iconic for Series 2, but I know you mentioned uh, being a fan of the Hasbros, and uh, those had a tendency to change packaging. Um, you know, think of the different card colors. Um, do you see yourself staying in the pink color scheme or adapting something where it's like a different color for each series? A uh, very good question, and absolutely something we've talked about. But I'd be lying if I said we'd made our minds up in terms of <laughs> um, where we're going to head with it. I know I'm pretty confident that series two and series three will stay with that pink, and and much like the Hasbro's, they stayed with that that blue for at least uh, I think it was up until series five. Yeah, um, off the top of my head. So. Um, Yes, there's absolutely discussions on whether we should, you know, change it up and have a bit of fun with it. Um, not yet, but we may do later down the track. Well, with that, that comes uh, brings us to the end of our Q and A, um, and and would like to thank everyone for submitting their questions. And uh, Dave, it's time for you to ask the last question. Yes, um, the last question to all of our guests. Um, what is your favorite and or strangest piece in your collection? Um, it can be one of each or it can be both. I, I, I might give you one of each. Um, my favorite piece um, is a giant barber figure made by Bullmark in the 1960s. Um, it's special in the sense that... Um, it was the first bullmark we got our hands on, which, which for mine is the first wrestling figure series. Um, we bought, I bought it in Japan, um, so it was part of our travels. Uh, Portia and I traveling to Japan and seeing a bunch of wrestling, and you know, buying soft vinyl. So it 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 has a lot of sentimental value, um, as well as being the first bullmark in a figure that. <clears throat> that I've since completed. Um, that's a damn good question as to the strangest. Um, I don't think we have any left, but the IWA Japan soft vinyl figures, um, are probably some of the strangest that I've seen uh, in the sense that they're basically um, uh, monsters, science fiction monsters uh, that had a very short run in IWA Japan, um, which most people would know as being the promotion that's, um, that had the Kawasaki Dream Tournament with um, Terry Funk and, and Cactus Jack in the mid-'90s. But um, they've sort of stayed alive uh since and they had this very odd run of um 
of figures that I can send you some images of uh, once once we get off the the chat. That, um, yeah, I, they just don't seem to belong in a wrestling collection. But um, but yeah, pro- probably the strangest I, I, things I've ever seen. I just googled one. I found <laughs> I found a um, a chupacabra one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so wild <laughs> that yeah that does i would not think in a million years dave i'm gonna send this to you now i would not think in a million years that this was a wrestling figure i would have thought it was something out of like ultraman or uh absolutely or even like uh like he almost looks like a gamera uh <laughs> villain <laughs> oh wow but, that's awesome but um <sighs> i mean the the joy of of um being able to, you know, buy these big lots of figures is there's some really strange ones that pop up. Um, you know, uh, we've got a Stan Hansen figure that that you know is real soft vinyl style in the sense that it's a it's a fluoro orange with a with a metallic blue paint. Um, uh, there's there's girls dolls of of um, of uh, female wrestlers from the two thousands, um, uh, Beauty Rhodes. We've got we've got one of those of um, the Kaneku Man uh, anime figure that was so heavily based on Dusty Rhodes. Um, yeah, that there is some really unique things that that are made in you know small quantities in Japan. You know, being the home of, of soft vinyl in particular, that you know you you look at it once and you just think, oh. You know how? Why was this sold? How was this sold? And how can I find one? I th- I think I have to call out one of my favorite lots that you had posted. I'd have to I'd have to scroll back to find it again. But I think you had, I want to say they were a Jushin Thunder Lager, um, like claw machine. Yeah, like a like plush <laughs> figures almost. Um. That was weird. Those were weird looking. <laughs> See, when and you to initially... find a whole bag of them. <laughs> when, yeah. when you were initially saying monsters, I was thinking of like when Corporal Kirshner was Leatherface in Japan. But like, I wasn't expecting like Chupacabra. That thing's awesome. It's an, it, it's almost, a, you know, that on steroids. Um, and sadly, a lot of those, <clears throat> those guys um, uh, never did get figures, you know, the, the, the Crypt Keeper and, and uh, Leatherface. But um, <clears throat> uh, you never know. Maybe down the line if we can get enough interest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think once you, once you get into that, uh, that like the niche within the niche, right? Like, mm. That that has like a, like a Comic-Con release written yeah. all over it. You know, some super limited, uh, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and of course, I, I almost forgot to mention um, the homeless Antonio Inoki figure. Um, he he dressed up a, a, as basically as as a homeless person to raise awareness for for um, for homelessness in Japan, which is is a really large problem. But he's a real champion um, of that cause and <clears throat> gets out there and raises money and, and, you know, gets hands on in terms of feeding the homeless. So there is a Kara pro and it's a great figure of, um, of him in basically a, uh, you know, a homeless costume. I, I don't know if you can say that, but that's the best way to describe it. 
Yeah, well, I, I mean, it, it would be one thing if he was wearing if he was wearing the costume as a gimmick, but the fact that he did it to raise awareness, I think I think we can call it a a, a homeless costume for that. Mm. I think I think that's fair. Um, well, listen, uh, it has been absolutely awesome having the opportunity to uh, to chat with you, Adam. Before we let you go, uh, let us know where where can we find you online? For sure. Um... Obviously, our, our biggest outlet is our Instagram, at uh, JunkShopDog. Um, it's the first place where we put uh, announcements. Uh, we've still got a few bits and pieces that we're, we're clearing out as we, uh, as we make the full shift from, from vintage to our own figure line. Um, and and we'll, we'll try to, you know, uh, put some cool pictures of, our, of our, both our releases and pictures of the people that we are releasing you know, through their careers as we shift away from that vintage. Um, but it's Junk Shop Dog on, on Twitter as well um, and Junk Shop Dog on Facebook. So drop us a line if, for whatever reason, if you want to talk um, wrestling figures, if you want to ask us questions about our line. I can't, can't guarantee we can answer everything because some stuff's a little bit confidential. If you're looking to get into collecting Japanese figures, we're, you know, even if we can't, fix you up with car pros anymore we're more than happy to to help with as much information um in what is a very fun rabbit hole to jump down adam thank you again so much for for joining us and uh everyone be sure to keep an eye out for for release dates thanks adam thanks eric thanks dave appreciate it thank you dear listener for hanging out with us today subscribe rate and review us wherever you listen and then tell your friends to do it Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both in our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. 